Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Greg Wigfield. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the lead pastor of Destiny Church in Leesburg, Virginia. And I'm here with a couple of my best friends in the world who are also lead pastors. Uh, I want to introduce you to Dorian Baker, who is pastor of Life Ticket Church, and Jeffrey Goodman, who's pastor of City Hills Church. Dorian's in Herndon, and you are in Ashburn. Jeffrey, Dulles, and Sterling. Dulles, the whole, the whole you're thing. in the big yeah. pile of people there. And, <laughs> and um, so what we're doing today, this is so much fun. Uh, we're not just one church. We are three individual churches who are all part of the church, the body of Christ. And uh, we have something special that we want to share with you and bring to you today. And um, I just want to open with a couple of thoughts, and then I'm going to let these guys kind of introduce themselves and just share what's on your heart and what we're thinking, and then we're going to get into some, uh, some real deep stuff today. Um, let me just begin by saying this. I, you know, for the last, what's it been, seven weeks, eight weeks since uh, COVID hit our, our nation and hit all of us, um, I have been telling everybody I could think of, God's doing something. There's something he wants to change. There's something going on. And I, I, I know everybody wants to get back to, quote, church. But I've just kind of kept my foot on the brake in terms of thinking about that because I feel like God is using this time. He didn't create this mess, but he is using this time to get us to look at ourselves as a church, yeah. as the body of Christ. And so I've been really thinking, my, my whole team will tell you, I've been talking a lot about, um, hey, we have to change. God wants us to change. Yeah. And, and I had no clue what that was about. I, I've looked at everything, read everything, prayed about things. I'm like, God, would you please show me? What do you want to do different that we're not doing, that we've, we've been missing? And... I, totally unexpected all the news about Ahmad Arbery came out and um, Jeffrey I know that hit you hard uh, just personally in fact you're, you're kind of the one that woke me up to that whole situation when I read something that you posted about just the grief that you felt and I'm like I've got to find out about this what because I, I trust you I know what you say matters and then and then uh, we all watched the, the travesty of George Floyd. And um, I, I will never forget that moment. I, I've, I've told people uh, quite a bit now. Um, I've only seen a couple times in my entire life where somebody, I watched somebody be murdered. Um, we, we watch it on TV shows and that kind of thing. But this was real in our face. We watched a murder take place. And, and how it happened and what happened and, and who it happened to. It, it just, everything, it didn't put coronavirus out. For me, it almost felt like, okay, God allowed the whole world, basically, to shut down so that we could look at this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it's, it's shaken me. And, and so I... I immediately began calling some friends and, and, and talking, and you guys were a couple of those. I was like, what are, what are we doing? What, you know, and I, I've been praying. And I just totally believe that what we're seeing today, what we're feeling today, um, the whole thing with, uh, with uh, just 
George Floyd and, and, and that whole situation. I think in our country, God wants us to see this. He wants us to look at this. And, and we, ha- we do not have the option to do nothing. And um, so, really, I kind of pulled these guys in uh, and brought them uh, with me in, in this journey as we've been meeting and talking and praying. We spent a couple hours a few days ago just trying to digest this, just, you know, as leaders, as pastors, what do we do with this and how do we, how do we process it? Um, and I've been thinking about something, and I'm going to let you guys share for a minute. minute. I... Um, I, for probably two years at, at Destiny, I've been talking about the, the fact that the church, the, the body of Christ at large in our country, has become relatively ineffective. And um, that doesn't mean that every church is dead. That just simply means that when you look across our country and you discover that according to, to uh, many voices that we listen to in terms of our leadership, Uh, 4% of people on average across America are true Christ followers, 4%. Now, that's not talking about people who go to church, but we're talking about people who know Jesus, who believe the Bible is the word of God, who believe that Jesus is the son of God, and and they've they've made a step and given their life to Christ, uh, 4%. So, and, and with all the churches and all the... All the great churches and the large and small, and I think there are almost a half million churches in the United States, 4%. Okay. And so that's been bothering me. Um, I think over the next uh, few weeks as we start talking about some things, we may get to the very bottom of the problem. So in, in one way, I feel like we're doing an autopsy uh, on an ineffective church. In, in, in an autopsy, you, you, you just open things up to try to find out what is the problem, what, what caused the death. And I think, for me, from everything I can sense, what I believe that God is saying is that there is something in our nation that has not been dealt with, something that has been absolutely horrid, and that's the issue of racism and racial injustice. We have not addressed this as, as the church. Not truly. We've, we've done it in a way that we look okay, we can get by with stuff and, and, and until something else happens. But we haven't done what's needed to be done. And so, so we don't know where this is all going to go. <laughs> we just, we just said we were, we were talking the other day, and I said, "Hey, I got to get you guys on video." And they said, "Well, we want to share this with all of our churches." And so that's what we're doing. And so for the next next few weeks, we don't know; could be all summer long. This is going to be something that we talk about. We, we, we've been talking now about bringing some guests in and doing some other stuff. But I'll stop right here. I, I've introduced us, and uh, Jeffrey, why don't you? Maybe kind of tell us a little bit about you guys and what you're doing and then where you are with this and, and just start this conversation in terms of what God's saying to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Greg. Um, it's good to be here with you and also my good friend, Pastor Dorian. Um, love these guys so much. Uh, not long after Kimberly and I moved here uh, about five and a half years ago, um, God miraculously introduced me to the two of you. And uh, for those of you out there at City Hills um, that's been around for a little while, you might recognize Pastor Greg, especially because 
he is one of our overseers. So I'm really excited that he's involved in this. He has spoken for us back in the theater. I've tried to get him to come speak for us <laughs> since we've been in our new building, but he used an excuse a little while ago that he had to have some surgery or something. And yeah, I keep scheduling surgery. He couldn't make it. So we're going to get him. We're going to get him there. But <laughs> Hey, before you go on, I just thought of something, guys. I, the last time that the three of us were on this stage together, uh-huh. you both were here with yes, your wives yes, exactly and kids, right. yep. and we were praying for you yes. as you went out to plant your churches. Exactly I, right. It just hit me. This, yes. this is like this is amazing. Yeah. So we <laughs> should circle. be here together. This yes, is good. I'm sorry. I just, no, that, yeah, I'm glad great. you mentioned that because both of you have been a part of the journey of City Hills, and uh, we wouldn't be what we are without the both of you, without your leadership mm. and friendship. So. I'm excited to join into this. Like Pastor Greg said, um, we're in unique times, and the events of the last couple of weeks especially has highlighted um, a a big, big problem in our country that has all too often been just glossed over. And uh, I was just got back in town. I had been out of town visiting some family last week, and Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, Pastor Greg sent us a text and said, hey, I want to can you two guys meet me Monday? And we did. And that developed into a three hour conversation around the table, discussing some of these issues. And as pastor Greg said, at the end of it, we were like, why don't we just invite our churches into this conversation? And Mm -hmm. so, like you said, we don't really have any kind of, you know, massive structure to this. I don't know exactly how long it's going to go, but I think this is such an important, important topic, and the church cannot just close its eyes and close its mouth um, and close its ears in this time. That if ever there was a time for the church to model what I think we're going to be doing is just sitting here and not preaching at people, um, but but talking and discussing and listening. I think now's the time to do it, and I'm just excited to I'm excited to be a part of it. Awesome. So. Awesome. Dorian. Yeah, well, uh, same for me. So thank you, Pastor Greg, for inviting me. And uh, Jeffrey, Pastor Jeffrey, you know how I feel about you and your wife, Kimberly, and your family. I'm so glad to uh, be a part of your life and the same for me. I am really humbled. I'm really humbled by even the opportunity to sit here and share. And being a pastor for the past, well, four years now, Life Ticket Church in Herndon, we have a church that is majority black. Uh, we do have some diversity, but this is a topic and issue that hits home for all of our church family and for all of our community. And for me personally, this has caused me to search myself and to do some self, some introspection on who am I? And especially with what just recently happened with George Floyd as to why not until now, do I feel a sense of righteous indignation and and rage and uh, really wanting to see a change? And being a black man with two black children, black wife and my family, you would think that, you know, I would be one of the ones that would be shouting at the rooftops about this this issue. But what God has shown me is that there are many other people just like me that because maybe it hasn't hit home for you, maybe you haven't been directly affected uh, by by racism, by the dehumanization of black people, uh, because it has not affected your children or your husband or someone in your family, this has not been an issue. And if that were just to be said about the world or about our nation, it would be horrible. 
but the fact that it can be said about the church also, it, it really says uh, that we have to we have to do something. We can't just skip over this subject or we talked earlier about just making it another sermon series and then moving on to the next one. Uh, so for me, I, I'm humbled because even though I have not been directly impacted uh, by racism, uh, for one, I'm not far removed uh, from slavery and from the issues that affected my grandparents. Uh, my grandfather was born in 1913. Um, Harriet Tubman died in 1913. Uh, so wow. this is, it's not that long ago, uh, two generations separated uh, from the things that have plagued my, my forefathers and my grandparents, but also right now today. And that I see, even though while I was not directly impacted, people like my cousin who I spoke to this week, and I grew up with him and I said, you know what, growing up, I never really experienced a lot of direct racism. And I asked him, had you experienced it? And my cousin said, well, you know what, That's at a school bus stop, I used to get called the N-word. People would just drive by and flick me off and would call me the N-word, just random people. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. We never actually had that conversation. But that just reminded me of why I'm here today. I'm here because, and thank, thank you to you, Pastor Greg, is to be a voice for people like my cousin, uh, to be a voice for those will, that will not have this platform, to share what we feel, the pain that we feel, to voice some of that pain, and to hopefully to help us all walk uh, further into a solution. So I'm thankful. That reminds me of that passage of Scripture. Uh, you guys have to help me where it, remind me where it is, but we are to be, the church is to be a voice for those who can't speak for themselves or, or haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's part of our job. I I, I, I'm glad you brought that up about a sermon series. Um, a sermon series is not going to fix this. Right. Right. This has to be a total life change, yeah. and and that's why we started. We're starting with us, and um, what does God want to do in us? But we also have the the uh, the burden of leading a church, and each of us are doing that, and. Um, and that is quite a burden because we have to answer to God for our leadership and, and what we do. So um, this, is, this, this is a really big deal. I'm glad we're doing it together. Um, I, I think that uh, I'm hoping our churches can spend some time together after this crazy thing is over yeah, uh, with, the, with uh, COVID. But um, I, would, I would just like for us, first of all... Uh, one of the things that the three of us have talked about over and over, I believe it with all of my heart, it's this, that the church is the answer to yeah. this. Yes. It, it, we can say Jesus is the answer. I, I love Andre Crouch's song from way back when. I, 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 could, I could play on the piano every song that he ever wrote, but that song was like the best. But while Jesus is the answer, he's placed that inside of us. Yes, yeah, yes. And it's our job to be Jesus today. Right. And if there's a place that we have missed this in America, mm-hmm. it is this. And we're not, going to, we're not going to tackle today some of the things we're going to get into in the future about the history of this and where it comes from. And, and uh, what, what I want to talk about today is the church. Okay. And who we are, who we're supposed to be, what, what needs to happen inside of us spiritually. We're going, to start, we're going to start there today. The autopsy shows the, the reason for the death. I think we need to look at it. 
and we'll do that over time. But right now, we need to understand that the church, you know, if legislation could have fixed this, it would have gotten fixed back in 1776. Right. But legislation served a particular group of people at that time. And so uh, if you remember studying the Three-Fifths Compromise, uh, that, that just dehumanized black people. Right. I mean, that's that. What kind of legislation is that? And it just got worse as time went on, and 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 so there are a lot of things that we we need to look at. But legislation isn't going to fix this problem. I'm all for looking at our laws and and changing things and fixing things, but what really needs to change are our hearts. Yes. Yeah. And if that doesn't change, you can have all the laws in the world. We we all know this. You cannot legislate moral ethics you can't do it you can try but we're still dealing dealing with the heart of man and and so the church is the answer it's the hope of the world today it's set here so people could look at the church and know how we're supposed to live and so i know you guys got some some thoughts going on about this we've been talking about it so i don't care which one of you wants to go first um Jeffrey gets pretty fired up sometimes. So <laughs> go for it, man. Is this thing equipped with a seatbelt? Yeah. <laughs> a seatbelt. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'll just say, I'll echo what you said. And, and um, you know, to look at the condition of our country, um, one that has, for since its inception, existed under the banner of, quote-unquote, Christianity. Um, I mean, how many times have we heard in, you know, different... Uh, venues and, and discussions that America needs to, you know, we're a Christian country. And and I, I get the sentiment in which some people use that in. But I think if we're not careful, we can become guilty, especially as the church, because the church has never been put on earth to carry a political voice in the sense that we know of politics, relate to politics. It's always been sent to have a prophetic voice. Mm-hmm. It's like what you were talking about, Pastor Greg. Um, that we are the body of Christ in the world, and I like uh, that. Not a right, not a political voice. It's a prophetic voice, and that's a whole different. It is a completely that's a different, different approach, and yeah. a completely different and a completely different voice. Yes, um, and I, I think that um, as the body of Christ, uh, I mentioned this to our church a couple of weeks ago. That we we often, when things like this ha- happen, we you know immediately respond to. We need to pray. God help us. And I agree with that. Prayer is powerful. It's a powerful tool given to the church. Uh, but I think sometimes we're praying prayers that God has already answered. Um, when, we tr- when we say, God help us, I-, I think, especially when it comes to race relations and all of those things, I think God would say to us, I already have. I've, I've given the world the church. And then I put my Holy Spirit within the church. Um, to operate in a supernatural way that is not based upon the kingdoms of the world and how they operate and legislate, but it's based upon the kingdom of heaven. Come on. I mean, he taught us, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Yeah. It's the church's responsibility. And I think for too long, the church has been consumed with this idea of this world is no good. It's broken. It's horrible. Jesus, come get us out with the rapture. And Jesus saying, no, I'm trying to get it. The whole message of the cross and, and the incarnation was I'm trying to get in and I put you there so that not that you could just give up on it, but that you could be a prophetic voice to fix it. 
And um, I think the church, the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. And when we look at where we are culturally, I think I love this whole idea and concept of doing an autopsy on the church because I think that if we as the church are unwilling to look inward and say, if we do have the answer, which I believe we do, and the answer is Jesus, to a sin-stricken world, and we are some centuries into this in terms of our country, and this is still happening and it's still a problem, I think it is a valid thing to say, wait a minute, before we point the finger out and blame other people, maybe the church should look inward and say, is there something within us that is broken? And I think for far too long, we've just kind of glossed over this and we've kind of gotten in the comfortable setting of our churches of, you know, doing the Sunday thing and having a good program and good music. And we'll have a nice little three point sermon to send everybody into their week with. And we feel like we're okay when God's called the church to do so much more. Um, You said something we've got to capture there. Um, And this goes to every person who is watching this and is already formulating your response, Mm. which could be defensive. It could be, well, I've already heard this or I've already checked that box. The key is if we are willing to let God say something different. So honestly, if you've already formulated your response or your defense, you're way ahead of me because I feel so humbled by what we've been going through, what we've seen, that we can't have a response right now other than grief and, and a determination that we will do whatever God wants us to do. Absolutely. But we have to be willing to come down off of whatever that self-righteous platform is and say, okay, this has not worked so far. What is our problem? Our being the church. And that's, that's, that's crazy good. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with Pastor Jeffrey, what you just shared. And I love that you entitled Pastor Greg, this series in black and white and how we had the conversation the other day that what we're experiencing in our nation is while it is a race issue, the, the issues that are really at work are between black and white yeah. people specifically and specifically yeah. and beyond that to take it even a step further beyond just the black and white is that we're dealing with a sin issue yes that at its core has the, the devil has dehumanized a group of people right here in our nation and it's it's the reason why you know people will, will ask well why are, are are black people not in just getting over this thing, you know, or they may say <laughs> things like, well, well, I'm not a racist and, you know, racism is not what it used to be. But the issue that we're dealing with is this dehumanization. And we look back in, in uh, Genesis, when God created man, he said, I've created you in my image and according to my likeness. And one of the things that we discussed is how Satan has attacked anything that bears the image of God. And we were all created in the image of God, white, black, Asian, Hispanic. Uh, We have all been created in the image of God, but in our nation, black people have been dehumanized. And the unfortunate thing is that even in the church, 
uh, this is a subject that most people will kind of turn a blind eye to. And, and I want to, again, commend you, Pastor Greg, for making this a part of your heart to 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 not only to be a part of the solution, but to bring people into this conversation, because uh, many people would would run away from this, especially in the church and say, well, of course, that doesn't happen in the church. But we are dealing with a dehumanization of a group of people that even throughout history uh, within the church, uh, there there was a time where throughout slavery, where black people were not allowed uh, to to worship God. They were not allowed to to take part in Christianity within the church. And then when they tried to do it, they couldn't do it in their cultural way because they were too loud and they they didn't they didn't worship and celebrate the same way uh, their, their slave masters did. And then through Jim Crow and Reconstruction, there were churches that were burned down and then even crosses that were burned on people's property. So even the, the very symbolism of Christianity was used to threaten and to terrorize uh, to terrorize black people. So when we talk about uh, racism and the dehumanization of black people, we must deal with the fact that even through the church, we need a we need this autopsy to examine ourselves to, to get to the root of the issue. And we know that at the root is it's a demonic spirit. And we, we call that out the enemy, as hmm. as God told us in his word in Ephesians chapter six, verse 11 and 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and yep. rulers of darkness of this age. Come and on. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Yeah, that's it. Come, yeah. on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, go ahead and throw the towel at me. Throw the towel yeah. at me. You get we, into Ephesians, you got me all <laughs> So we, we know. We know. Like that's that's who we're fighting. Yeah. Right. And but but we have to call it out. And that's why I love being a part of this, because what we're doing is we're calling out the enemy. And we're, we're, we're binding together so we can defeat this, this evil demonic spirit of hate that has perpetuated itself, not only through America, but even throughout the church, throughout the history of our nation. Man, that's, that's so powerful. That, that um, breaks my heart. And, and it, it needs to break our hearts. Um, okay. I, I was just here listening to John Gray uh, talking yesterday uh an interview with steve furtick and um uh, he shared some things that have happened in our just in our lifetime uh probably more mine than than you guys because i'm I'm a couple years older (laughs) um but uh christian schools Mm, started really proliferating and growing uh after desegregation took place and and Nobody would ever say that. It's just that the tuitions were just high enough that it, w- it was a white movement yeah. against... Uh, I-, I remember desegregation. I, w- I was in the sixth grade in-, in our school when it happened, and it was brutal. It was brutal, and um, it was so painful to watch. I, I lost friends um, that I, j- I couldn't even associate with them because of the, the evil that was coming out of their mouths and out of their actions. And, and um, when I see what has been happening in the last couple of weeks and months here, we, we haven't moved this needle. And, and, and there's so many things that are rambling around. We'll get into a lot. Can I just say something on that there yeah. too? And I know we're not getting to all the way to a solution for everyone yet, but I just want to encourage anyone that's watching this that there is hope. And I think just looking at this stage you see some of that hope and what Pastor Greg has been in my life, uh, not because I'm a black person, but because he loves the Lord and because 
Uh, God has put in his heart to show that love to me. Uh, this shows that hope. But also I'm, all, I'm reminded that there, in, in that time of desegregation where there were signs being held up that uh, had some harsh language. I'm not going to say all the language that was on those signs towards the black people that were integrating those schools. Harsh signs with N-word and uh, all kinds of uh, horrible words on those signs. But yet this past Sunday, I marched in a, in a protest that was organized by one of our young people. Uh, turned out to be 1,600 people. Majority of them were white people that were holding up signs that, that said Black Lives Matter and yeah, that, yeah. that said that we stand with you. And so I just want to encourage anybody that's watching this now. Um, I know we're not at the place of like a full solution, but be encouraged that there is hope. You see it on the stage and it's, it's right here today. Yeah, I, I had the same experience two Sundays ago. Uh, joining a, what was supposed to be just a solemn walk in memory of George Floyd. And we thought maybe 100, 150 people would show up downtown. It was more than 2,000 people. Wow. And it was um, probably 50-50 black and white. And it, it was, there was just such an incredible spirit, the, the spirit of God. They, they allowed me to pray before the thing started. And, um, and I almost couldn't get through the prayer. It was just it, because just of the emotion of it. But but God was in the middle of that. And it, it gave me hope. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And because I I think we we can have hope The yeah. the church can come back to life yes. <laughs> in, in this country. It can actually do some things that we've never imagined. Yes. But but I want to I want to read something to you guys and to all of you that. Uh, I found in Ephesians, and um, get your thoughts on it, comments, and uh, and this is really where uh, we've talked, one of the places we want to end up today is to talk about just the spiritual ramification of what we're talking about. Ephesians, uh, our church will tell you, I, I did almost an entire year, our team, uh, speaking team, in the book of Ephesians, uh, because uh, many people call this the constitution of the church. It, it's how the church is to operate. It's what it's all about. You already quoted Ephesians 6 and, mm -hmm. and uh, about the, the power of this. But I want to read this. In chapter 3, uh, it, it, the heading of this scripture where the, the different translations, they write what, what's coming. It says, God's mysterious plan revealed. And Paul starts talking about this mysterious plan. What, I'm going to tell you about this plan that no, God has given me the opportunity to talk about. Nobody's ever heard this before. And he keeps talking about the mystery. And you're like, come on, spit it out. What is it? So here, here it is. He says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. These were two distinct Groups of people who literally could not stand each other. Mm. And, and mostly the Jews. They had right. this, this, hey, we're right. We've got this together. We don't talk to Gentiles. We don't, they're, they're worse than Samaritans. That was another whole. The John chapter 4, something we ought to read. But he said, and, and I, want you to, I want you to interpolate Jews and Gentiles for, for blacks and whites. Mm. You can put them in either group you want. Both are part of the same body. Both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. And, and he goes on and talks about that, but then he says this, and this to me is mind-blowing. He said, 
God's purpose in all of this, all of what? All of bringing us together so that we are one body. His purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety. Now, let me just stop right there. Rich variety, the, the Greek word for that means beautiful colors, beautiful flowers. It, it was like variegated is what, what, where we really get the word, you know, variegated. It comes from this phrase. It's about people of different color, people of all different areas of life, people who are are rich and poor and, and Jew and Gentile and black. And it, it's, he's talking about this. He has used the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety. This is weird. To all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Hmm. This was his eternal plan. What, what is he talking about? The reality of, of this scripture is that Jesus created, you know, put in force the body, the body of Christ, the church, and was it Matthew 16 when he said, here's the church, the ecclesia, so that we could display to, actually it's two bodies of heavenly beings. It's the angels and the demons. Now, what's that about? Well, God's on a plane that we don't see, right? He sees things we don't see. But he was going to show his angels and the demons the power of people who are imperfect. But because we come together from all of these different places and we love Jesus and we serve him and we give our lives to him, because we come together... He was going to show the angels and the demons, here's where the power yes. is. Here's how to live. Here's what will change the world. This is the, I'm, I'm putting this into clay vessels mm-hmm. so that we can change this world. And the angels will support it, and the demons will flee. Mm-hmm. And they both needed to see this. We're, we're lower than the angels in terms of, of our heavenly perspectives and yet God uses us to do this so we're talking about a deep spiritual thing when we continue with being the most segregated group of people Mm -hmm. in terms of of our Christian faith when we continue to do this we miss the power yes we miss the authority and here we are and that's where we are in this country. And until we fix this, we will not have the power to do what needs to be done. So there's my so seatbelt <laughs> thing right there. Give me so something good. on this. We're going to have to pray and shut this down today for a minute. I, I would just, I would just in, in that vein, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when you're, when you're talking about um, enemies and attacks and all of that, I think anybody would would agree that if an enemy can find a way to infiltrate its target from within and mm. get that target to turn on one another wow. and to destroy itself, it saves him a whole lot of trouble, and it's the most effective way to get the job wow, done. That's something. And I think when you're looking at spiritual warfare, um, what God has done is he's, he's given humanity, us, and specifically the church, the... 
amazing opportunity to display this kind of power. Yes. Uh, but I feel like, you know, one of the things that, that the enemy, um, the spiritual dark forces, um, Satan and his kingdom has been able to do, and Dorian, you mentioned this earlier, is um, he's always been about trying to destroy the image of God. I mean, he hates anything that bears the image of God. And mm-hmm. it's as old as creation itself. Yeah. Um, he marred the image of God when he tempted Adam and Eve to yeah. disobey God. He got Cain to turn on his own brother Abel and kill him, the mm-hmm. first murder. So he's been about this for a long time. And I think that you know we in the church have again, pointed fingers out, as I said earlier, and we've blamed the devil for a lot of stuff. When the more and more I think about it, and I'm going to be speaking in hyperbole a little bit here, but I'll, I'm not so sure that the devil hasn't been on like a 500-year sabbatical. <laughs> like, yeah. because yeah. he in has been... Country, in yeah, in yeah. terms of this country, yes, yeah. because he's been so wow. successful on getting us wow. to turn That's, on the image of God. Wow. What, what else does he have to do? We're destroying mm. one another. And whether it's explicit or implicit or whether, you know, God forbid, it's just, you know, ignorance. Mm-hmm. I know I've done a lot of soul searching in this in the last couple of weeks. And I've been in conversations um, with, 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 with black brothers and, and white brothers. And I, I'm doing a whole lot of soul searching myself um, because I feel like to kind of bring this back to this whole central idea that, that it starts with us. And. And, you know, it's one thing for the church just to take arms up against Satan. But if we are allowing a spirit to operate within it that is diabolically opposed to image bearers of God, whether it's, again, explicit or implicit by just not crying out against it, um, then, then he's succeeding. And I think it's why we are in the condition we're in. What we're seeing is demonic. Yeah. It is, it is the devil's handiwork on full display. Yes. And you, you, we all know the only way to deal with an illness and a disease and sin is you got to cut it out. Mm. You got to cut it out. And to cut it out, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. Um, we don't like it a lot of times. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I can't even look at a needle, much less do I want to get poked with one, <laughs> right? But I think it's necessary and it's high time that the church, if we're going to be what Ephesians is talking about, and if we're going to example to the world and even to the, the spiritual authorities in the spirit realm, then we first have to cut the cancer out. Yeah. We have to mm-hmm. see what, what do we have to do and what do we have to change. And then the healing can begin and we can, we can allow the spirit of God to just salve that and, and, and bind together and be the change that we need to be and lead the change with the prophetic voice that the church should have. Mm. Yep. We have a lot to talk about, yeah. and um, we're just getting started. Uh, I think um, I think we're going to talk about some things over the next few weeks that I hope will challenge every one of us. Uh, all of you who are watching, I want you to be challenged the way we're being challenged. The um, I am I'm at the point I you know I've been trying to retire for I don't know a year. <laughs> something like that, and and it's not working right now. And I, I feel like God has given me one last shot here to 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 really speak into this issue. I think it's the only reason I'm still sitting up here uh, with you, you young guys. And um, 
And I would love for us to, just in our sphere of influence, begin to build a movement that comes against what you called rightly this demonic issue mm-hmm. and and that that we go at it and we go with the power of the holy spirit this is not something we can do in ourselves um it, it has it has to be god and um so i i would just ask every one of you wherever you are in this whoever you are please be willing to humble yourself, drop the defenses, drop the, the answers that you've been taught to say or that you've learned to say from others, drop being critical of anybody, anything, and do just what Jeffrey said, let's look here, look right here at us, at yourself. Okay, God, what do you want to do? Because friends, what the church has been doing for my entire lifetime is not working it is just not working and i think if we could figure this out and we could allow god to change this we're going to look at a church that we've never even imagined because all the colors the variegation that that is so beautiful and it also is so powerful beyond anything we can imagine dorian would you um would you pray? Yeah. Pray for all three of our churches and, and us in our time and um, just just pray. Yes. Would yeah. you? Yes. So for those of you watching right now, would you just uh, look to our Father right now as we pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that in all of your splendor and all of your majesty that you desire to have relationship with us. And every foundation of our faith exists because of that relationship you showed us what it looks like to be a friend and you demonstrated it that even while we were yet still sinners and we were far from you that Jesus you died for our sins the kind of relationship you have with us is one in which you lay down your life for us because of your love for us and you exemplified that to us and you said that Your desire is just as Jesus, you are one with the Father, that we would be one with each other. And Father, right now, we ask, we declare that we lay down our lives for one another, for our brothers. We come together as your family in relationship. And we ask you that the same love that you demonstrated towards us, Let that love fill up our hearts and let it wash out every piece, every bit of darkness, every bit of unforgiveness, every bit of indifference in any area in our lives that does not look like you, Jesus. So we pray now that this this message, this series, this discussion, not just be another conversation, but let it infiltrate the hearts of the people at City Hills Church, Destiny Church, Light Ticket Church, and to every heart and every listener that watches this video, let your heart be infiltrated by the love of Jesus Christ and so much so that it pours over into our brothers and sisters as God desires us to. We pray this prayer, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.